0: profitable path you've been searching for. With unlimited coaching, your success is guaranteed. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to learn more. Dates, times, pricing, it's all there. Welcome to the She Thinks Big podcast, where you'll hear from women entrepreneurs who are doing good in the world, from spark to screw up to success. Thinking big is in their core. It's in yours and it's in mine. I've traveled to 50 countries and seven continents done an Ironman, and co-founded a company that has generated millions of dollars for sustainability. My name is Geraldine Carter, and I'm delighted to share with you conversations and coaching with amazing women. Time to get inspired and grow your impact. All right, ladies, I am here today to help translate from CPA speak to regular person English, sometimes known as layman English, but I'm talking to ladies. So, lay ladies, I don't know if I like that regular English, right? How many of you have met with your bookkeeper or your CPA? And honestly, it's like they are speaking Greek and you're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. But you nod and you smile and you're like, "Uh uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I think I kind of get it. But really in the back of your mind, you're like, how much longer until the end of this meeting? Right? And you're sitting there going, I wish I understood and I really want to understand, But my God, could somebody make this a little easier? So I am here today to make CPA and bookkeeping speak and jargon a little bit easier for you. And I'm also here to remind our friendly, much beloved bookkeepers and CPAs Just how foreign this whole language is to your everyday business owner who is super busy with their graphic design clients, who has a full plate already writing content for social media posts, who already can't quite get their handle on when is the next time or who is the next person they should hire, right? Much less try and wrap their brain around an entirely new way of speaking about numbers and new ways of showing and displaying finances. So what I want our bookkeeper and CPA listeners to get is like, oh yeah, this stuff is super foreign to them, I really need to not just simplify it, but talk to them in terms that sound familiar to them rather than the ones that I'm so used to that, that sound like I'm fresh out of a meeting with all my CPA buddies and we were just yucking it up with account and speak. So what I have for you today are nine terms that CPAs and bookkeepers use all the time, that the rest of us nod and we're like, what? (laughs) And I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant here. So I've got my sheet in front of me, and we are going to start with profit and loss. Profit and loss, what? Like, Okay, when people use the word loss, they think of death and dying right? I'm so sorry for your loss. I'm so such a tragic loss. What a shame, what a loss that this person's no longer with us. When you use the word loss, people think about dying and having lost somebody. People don't think about expenses. They're not thinking about money. So profit and loss, profit's pretty clear, but loss is all the things that you have spent, right? So your profit and loss is a collection, a compilation of all those transactions, be they income transactions or expense transactions that are all put together in one form. And that's your profit and loss. Has nothing to do with death and dying. You might think of it like income and expenses in the last month. Conceptually, in lay terms, that's more what we're getting at here. And the way things are displayed on your profit and loss Is all the income transactions are all the income transactions at the top, followed by a summation of all the income transactions. And then underneath all that is all your expense transactions and a summation of all the expenses at the bottom. And those two things added together, like the sum of all your income plus the sum of all your expenses, becomes your net income. And I'm going to get to net income in a minute, so hold your horses. And here's another level of detail. You can have every single transaction listed out on the profit side, and every single transaction listed out on the expense side. And that's gonna be your profit and loss detail. That report is called the profit and loss detail where it details out every single transaction. The plain old profit and loss, and I wish they would just call it like plain or a high level or something, profit and loss, but it's just called profit and loss is the one that just has the high-level summary of transactions by spending category. So if you're a business owner, ask your accountant to show you a profit and loss, a plain high-level profit and loss, compared to a profit and loss detail, and you'll see what I'm talking about. And here's a tip. If you're going to print out your profit and loss detail, I suggest just doing it for a month, because your profit and loss detail for the entire year, especially by the time you get to like October is going to be like 30 pages long, right? Because there's a ton of transactions. They're all listed out one by one. So that's number one. Number two is the word gross. (laughs) When I first started in business, it took me the longest time to wrap my head around which one was gross and which one was net. Because I don't know about you, but when I hear the word gross, I think about the compost on my kitchen counter that's been baking for three days in the summer heat, and it's got fruit flies around it. Like that to me is gross. I walk into the kitchen, I'm like, oh, gross, right? So if you're a CPA and you just say gross to your client, they might be thinking about their compost bin with fruit flies. They're not going to be thinking about revenue. They're not going to be thinking about profit or sales. When you say gross, they think compost bucket. Same thing goes for net. You say net and they're like fishing net, hair net, safety net. What kind of net are you talking about? And what does net have to do with income? Like, why are we putting those two words in the same sentence? Net income. It makes no sense. So regular people don't ask me where the word net comes from, the derivation of it and why it has anything to do with income. But your net income is what is left over from your revenue after your expenses go out the door, right? So net income is not the same as plain old income, right? So if you're a CPA and you're just talking about net this, net that, Remember that your client, your, the business owner, might be looking at you like, would you stop talking about nets? Because all I picture is my little kiddo's butterfly net. Okay, number four. We are going for balance sheets. Okay, now, <laughs> balance sheets. When you say balance, I think balance bike, right? Because I've got a little three-year-old who rides a balance bike. I might think about balance beam, or I might picture scales. But I do not think about balance sheets. And when you say sheet, I think sheet of paper or I think sheets that go on a bed. So how on earth do you get to balance sheet? All right. So let me tell you how. A balance sheet on your balance sheet are three things. Your assets, your liability, and your equity. All right. And I may have already lost some of you just at those things. But let's take your house, right? And your personal life. Something like your house, if you have a loan from the bank and, you, and you're not renting, right? That's an asset that you have, but the liability is the loan on the house. So how much equity you have in the house is how much the house is going to sell for, right? What it's worth minus how much you still owe on the house. That's how much equity you have in the house, right? So the balance sheet, first off, is designed to balance, right? And this gets into like double entry accounting, which is beyond what we need to talk about. But it by design has to balance. And each of those three categories pulls in all this extra information from other places. And it's all got to add up in both directions. So it's basically like adding things up in both directions, right? Like sideways and up and down to make sure that all the math has been done right, right? It's got to balance. So it's a balance sheet. Now, the equation for the balance sheet drives me batty. Okay. Because officially the equation is assets equals liabilities plus equity. But who thinks about it like that? Like you don't think about the asset of your house being how much you owe on the loan plus the equity. No, you think about how much equity you have and you figure that out mentally doing the math, of a house is like, say your house is worth a million dollars and you still owe $200,000 on your loan, your equity is $800,000, right? That's how most of us think about it. So to put this equation as assets equals liabilities plus equity is so bizarre to me. But that's how the CPAs like it. So that's how we're doing it. Okay. So if it makes more sense to you just to conceptually understand what's going on here, just move the liabilities to the other side of the equal sign and see if that helps you. And what's important to know on your balance sheet, for those of you who have pretty simple businesses, which most of you do, is that your assets are going to be the things like your bank accounts and maybe the inventory that you have if you sell product and maybe equipment if you happen to, I don't know, have a printing press for your business, which is not most of you. I don't even think it's some of you. Your liabilities are going to be things like your loans, your line of credit. And your equity is going to be stuff like your retained earnings, which is how much is left over from previous years, plus your net income from your most recent profit and loss. So I don't want to get too far into it because I think I'm probably going to lose you in a podcast episode. But I just want to give you a feel for what's in each of those categories. Okay. Number five, your chart of accounts. (laughs) Why is it called a chart of accounts? I have no idea. I mean, I do, but it doesn't make any intuitive sense to most of us, right? Your chart of accounts, you're like, okay, a chart, you think of a grid with little data points and dots on it. That's a chart to me. And accounts, I think of bank accounts, right? But your chart of accounts is not like a chart of a grid, nor is it... (laughs) your bank accounts. Think of it more like categories, right? CPAs say accounts, you say categories. So spending categories and income categories. So in your spending categories, you might have advertising, bank charges, computers, dues and subscriptions, education, insurance, meals and entertainment, photography, stationery and printing, telephone, Those are things like categories, right? Those are categories and all of your expenses get tucked inside these nice, neat little categories. And same thing on the income side. And you can call your income streams, whatever you want. Maybe it's client visits at an hourly rate. Maybe it's client retainer fees. Maybe it's in-person sales. Maybe it's web sales. However you want to categorize your income. Those are the categories that would fall on the income side of your profit and loss. Where all this information gets stored, what you call your income categories and what you call your spending categories, is in the chart of accounts. So you might think of it more like a list of income and spending categories. That's your chart of accounts. So if your bookkeeper tells you, or if you ask your bookkeeper, like, hey, how do I rename these categories? And they're like, what, you mean your chart of accounts? You're like, yeah, the chart of accounts. Yes, the list of income and spending categories. And these categories can all be tailored to your liking. Within a little bit of reason, you might get some pushback. But in large part, you can change these up so that they work for you. Okay, number six, accounts payable. What on earth is an account payable? (laughs) This is like some backwards English that some English lit person would have invented. Like who talks in accounts payable? Nobody, except for CPAs and bookkeepers. So accounts payable is people who you owe money to. So if you have money hanging out in accounts payable, that's money that you've got to pay people, right? So if you've got $50,000 hanging out in your accounts payable or $50 hanging out in your accounts payable, remember that you owe that money to somebody. Number seven, accounts receivable, right? Same thing. It's like, is it receivable by me or receivable by somebody else? <laughs> and the answer to that is it's receivable by you. So if you've got a lot of money hanging out in accounts receivable, that means a lot of people owe you money, which is a good thing, except it's a bad thing. It's a good thing to be owed money, but it's not a good thing that all those people owe you money. So you want to make sure and get on top of that. If you the amount of time that that money is hanging out in accounts receivable is longer than, say, a month. I don't want you wanting people to go longer than 30 days on owing you money. And if there's money hanging out for a long time, like more than 30 days in your accounts receivable, people are getting behind in paying you and I don't like that. So that's accounts receivable. People talk about it in AR or A slash R. That's accounts receivable, people who owe you money. All right, number eight, cash or accrual? (laughs) What the heck is accrual? So cash accounting is you send an invoice to your client, they send you money, then you record that payment in your QuickBooks. Accrual accounting is you send out that invoice and before they give you money, you record that income in your QuickBooks. So cash accounting is like living in the real world where you have the money or you don't have the money yet if you have the cash, you can spend it. Accrual accounting is like living in the theoretical world where that money should come in, but it might not come in. And one of my favorite quotes about which one to use and which one to think about using for your business is like, well, I can't spend accrual. (laughs) You cannot spend accrual, but you can spend cash, right? So accrual is like, in theory, I should have this money coming to me because I've invoiced for it. But It's like, don't count your chicks until they hatch. Just because there are six eggs in your little hen house doesn't mean you're gonna get six chicks, right? Counting your eggs before they hatch is like a cruel accounting. Okay, last one. (laughs) And this is actually, I shouldn't laugh because this is a real problem. This, This is actually a real problem, is that too many small business owners are not paying themselves a solid wage for their work. Too many entrepreneurs are paycheck to paycheck. And I don't like that. Now, when you pay subcontractors, those payments appear on your profit and loss. But when you pay yourself, that payment appears on your balance sheet, and it falls under a category called owner's draw, as in owner's withdrawal. If you are an LLC, you're paid in what's called a draw, a withdrawal, and that appears on your balance sheet, not the same way that employees get paid and payroll is deducted, and that appears on your profit and loss. And payments to yourself can happen whenever, right, compared to... Being an employee, when you get paid every two weeks or regularly, when you're the owner, you can withdraw money whenever you feel like it. So everything under owner's draw is what you would think of sort of kind of a little bit like your salary, but really it's any payments that you withdraw for personal use. So let's do those again. Ready? Number one, profit and loss. We are not thinking about people who have left us. We are thinking about income and expenses and your profit and loss always captures a period of time, be it year to date, the most recent month, or this year compared to last year, it captures whatever time span you tell it to capture. So the profit and loss report, you can tell it to capture whatever time span you think is useful. Most often those are year to date. Or actually, most often, those are up to the close of the most recent month. So if it's June 15th, you might not want to report January 1st to June 15th. You want to look at January 1st to May 31st. Okay, but your profit loss spans a length of time and it has nothing to do with those who have left us. Your gross is not like your compost bucket. Your gross is actually really good because it's everything. Your gross revenue is all of the revenue. Okay, your net has nothing to do with a fishing hair or safety net. Your net income is what's left over after expenses. Your balance sheet has nothing to do with balance bikes or sheets on a bed. It is your assets, which equal your liability plus your equity, which I like to say is your equity is equal to your assets minus your liabilities. Way more intuitive to think about it that way. And your balance sheet is always reported at a specific point in time. It is like taking a picture, like a snapshot. It is what is happening now or at any other certain moment in time. Rarely are you going to run a balance sheet for last year or three weeks ago. Most often you're going to run a balance sheet for either today or at the close of the most recent month, right? So if it's June 15th, you might run a balance sheet as of June 15th, but you're probably more likely to run the balance sheet as of May 31st. Once, or your bookkeeper at least has done all your books and all your transactions, okay? Your balance sheet is a point in time compared to your profit and loss, which spans a length of time. All right, number five is your chart of accounts, which you can think of like your spending and your income categories. It's the way that you, it's the names that you put on the categories of expenses and income that you have. And I put the expenses and income, I say them in that order just because you tend to have more expense categories than you have income categories right? Like most people are going to have between 10 and 30 expense categories. And most people are going to probably have between four and eight income categories, right? Just totally ballparking it. There are generally speaking, much fewer income categories than there are expense categories. Okay. Number six was accounts payable. This is people you owe money. And number seven was accounts receivable That's money that you're gonna receive. It's people who owe you money. All right, number eight, cash and accrual. Cash is in the real world. Accrual is in the theoretical world. Cash is you send out an invoice, you receive the money, then you record the transaction in QuickBooks. Accrual is you send out the invoice and you immediately record that in QuickBooks. All right, accrual is hypothetical. Hypothetical money. for most of our businesses, most of you out there probably want to operate on a cash basis. All right, last thing, number nine, owner's draw has nothing to do with colored pencils and acorn mice. Owner's draw is the amount of money that you pay yourself. All right, ladies, I hope that was helpful. If you would like for your bookkeeper or accountant or CPA to speak to you in more plain English, you can ask them to do that. Now, I don't want you to go get an advanced degree in all things accounting. I recorded this episode because I want these terms to become more familiar to you. I want it to be a starting point for those of you who are still in the starting blocks, which there is no shame or embarrassment about that, to have more familiarity with these terms and frankly, for all of us to have a little bit of a laugh (laughs) that these terms are kind of out there and to acknowledge that there is an element of a new language that we need to learn in business. All right, so that is what I have for you. I wanted these terms, this terminology, this lingo to be less foreign to you. And hopefully when you run into this lingo again and someone says gross to you, you're going to be like, oh, right, that's the compost bucket one. That's everything. Or, oh, the net, right, the safety net, the fishing net, the hairnet. which is it, right? That's the one that's left over after expenses, right? I want you to have not a mnemonic or demonic or whatever device, but some kind of imagery that you can use to help you remember what these terms mean so that you're less intimidated by your numbers and your financials, so that you are more confident with your numbers, with your financials, so that you feel like you can get into them more, so that you can start to use them and be savvy with them, so that you can ask yourself, what do I need to know about these numbers? How can I find what I'm looking for? How can these numbers help me be smarter about running my business? Because there are very useful data Numbers in your business that the more you can use them can help you uncover insights that make it easier for you to run your business. You can make decisions based on certain insights, and then you don't have to work as hard. And then you can make more money more easily. And that, my friends, is what I want for you. In addition, of course, to being fulfilled, satisfied, and enjoying the work that you do, so you can knock off at four o'clock and go catch your kiddo soccer game right? That's what I want for you. Not a balanced sheet. I want you to have a balanced life. Okay. If you're out in the garden or out for a walk and you're thinking, oh gosh, I wish I had a note and a pad of paper and I would love to have these written down. I want you to know that I've created a cheat sheet of these terms plus further explanation. It's a simple document that you can reference anytime you're about to meet with your CPA or bookkeeper and want a refresher so that you can stay up to speed when they're talking about financials in your business. If you yourself are a CPA or an accountant or bookkeeper and you think that this document might be useful to you because it helps you stay in touch with where your clients are and the stuff that they know and what they don't know, Or because it might be helpful to your clients to have something like this at hand so that they can get caught up on the terminology that you use, you're more than welcome to download it. Inside, I also include some tips about which profit and loss reports I think are handy to look at every month and what you're looking for in each one of them. I also include references to a few previous episodes that I've done pertaining to money that you're more than welcome to go back and listen to. Those are 009, Shame, Money Mindset, and Your Profit and Loss, episode 019, Stop Magical Thinking, the Math Needs to Add Up, and episode 026, Simple Financials and KPIs for Your Business with Virtual CFO Hannah Smolinski. Links to those three episodes will also be included in this PDF ebook. So if you think that having this list of terms available to you at your fingertips would be useful, you can go grab it from my website. Go to shethinksbigcoaching.com forward slash 042, where you can download this PDF ebook. All right, ladies, that's it for me for today. You guys have a great week.